Hello, bonjour, welcome to Stand Out From The Crowd, the podcast dedicated to helping leaders amplify their voice, impact and influence. Each week, I interview some of the brightest thought leaders and entrepreneurs of our time. We understand that being a leader has its own set of challenges. We want to be successful and impactful, fulfilled in our professional and personal life, and most importantly, stay authentic to who we are. As people, we have strengths, weaknesses, positive and bad experiences. Our stories, our different perspectives are what connect us as humans, and we talk all about it without filter. So join me and my guest on Stand Up From The Crowd podcast every Wednesday live on LinkedIn, or you can listen to the replay on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever you get your podcast. I can't wait to share these conversations with you. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, hello, bonjour, salam alaikum, everyone. I hope you are doing well. Welcome this, to this new live episode of Stand Out from the Crowd. If you are new here, hello, my name is Doreen. I'm the host here, and every Wednesday I go live with a leader, you know, to talk about topics that matter to us and our personal and professional development. And today's topic, who is kind of touchy? It's quite touchy, I would say. And we're going to talk about authenticity. Authenticity has become the gold standard for leaders, right? Especially since the COVID-19 pandemic. People want to be led by someone real, real. We want authenticity. We want real connection. But how much authenticity do we really want from our leaders, right? Are we willing to be surrounded by leaders who are really authentic, and you probably have heard of our upcoming guest, you know, Braden Wallach, aka the crying CEO, who went viral after posting a selfie of him crying after having to lay off uh, two of its employees. He got a lot of backlash, a lot, got a lot of support, but a lot of backlash. So, you know, as I was watching this happening, I was like, but isn't it what people are looking for? Isn't it what people are asking for? Authenticity, vulnerability. So do we really want authenticity from our leaders? What is this paradox when it comes to authenticity in leadership? And that's the conversation we're going to have today with our friend here and standout guest, Braden Walek. Hey, Braden, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So thank you for joining me today on the Stand Up From The Crowd podcast. Authenticity. This has been trending for the past two, three years, right? This is what people have been craving for. And, you know, we understand that. We have been like talking about the leadership crisis because we are just tired being led by people who don't give a damn about their employees, who don't give a damn about the people they work with. So... That's what we ask for, but on the other side, are we really, really ready for a shift in, in, in leadership? So you, so your post been viral. I took some note here. Six, more than 60,000 engagement, almost 11,000 comments, 
more than a, a thousand shares. You have been featured, or at least articles have been written about you in like the greatest and biggest media outlets such as Inc., Washington Post, The Guardian, The Globe and Mail, Entrepreneur.com, CBS News. I feel like you have divided the world in two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like that too, and I feel that's kind of the world as it is now. There's not much of a middle ground. Uh, it's either you believe really strongly one way or believe really strongly the other, and I guess this is one of those things that you there there was the need for strong feelings on both sides. So let me ask you this question: Has your your life uh, is your life now back to normal? Because the past two weeks have been like quite crazy. Back to normal yet? No. Um, we have been, so before we let these employees go, which was in their own, um, what do I want to call it, departments, we brought on a few new salespeople. So because of this post, our calendar has been full, but a lot of these salespeople are newer. So while I'm training them, I'm hands-on training. So all the calls that we're getting booked, there's two of us who are running all those calls. We've got three, three people training with us. We're splitting all those calls with them and they're on, but I've been basically 8 a.m. until 7 p.m. on people who, on calls of people who want to work with us every single day since that post. So since maybe, that post. yes, I mean, it's been a lot before then too, because we do outbound and we, you know, do that kind of stuff. But because that post, it's even more full than it was before. And a lot of people are just, let's work. And so what, what happened during those calls? Like when they book a call, they're like, hey, I saw your post on LinkedIn. I want to work with you. What like what's the conversation? Because I'm sure there is some kind of conversation. Yeah, usually it's like, hey, I saw your face in this news source or my favorite was somebody who messaged me on LinkedIn. And, and a lot of the people that we're chatting with are people that we've had sales conversations with before, maybe fell off. And so this kind of like re got it in their mind, like, oh, hey, they still exist. One person said he went was it on a vacation in Israel and looked up on the news at the hotel on the news TV hotel and I was on news there in, in Israel. And, um, so yeah, some just weird things like that, but just a, almost a, I guess a brand recognition thing at this point of like, Oh, Hey, I, I know that guy's face. I've had conversations with him or, you know, I've, I've seen him in some hyper social stuff or things like that. I should, I should definitely keep that conversation going. And so let's let's go back to this post because this is where it all started, at least mm -hmm. publicly. Publicly. Why did you feel the need? So I'm not talking about the picture itself. I'm talking about the story. Why did you feel the need to share that story um, on LinkedIn? Because I guess this is not the first time that you are uh, letting people go. Probably not. Uh, but it's my why first time. My first oh, time it ever. It was your first time. It was my ever. first time. Oh, I've, wow. I've fired okay. employees, sure, but that was on their performance. This was the first yes. time letting go because of your responsibility. Things that I've done, exactly. Yeah. So tell us about this this need that you felt to communicate publicly and to share this story on LinkedIn. Yeah. So as if people don't know, there's been a, a lot of layoffs recently. Um, I'm connected, and I've I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I've seen a lot of people being let go from especially the tech uh, industry right now. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've seen different levels of leadership care differently. Some, yeah. hey, let's That's get- That's so nicely said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanna, yeah, trying to be nice 
for some of them. Some of them, they, they make it tougher um, mm -hmm. because they get a 900 people to 1,000 people on a call and say, you guys are all let go effective immediately, and that's the end of it. And you're like, oh, okay. You just literally put a 1,000 lives on the line and you don't care. And yeah. there are those executives, and I, I feel like a lot of those companies have funding and they like, I don't know. We can really deep dive into that if we want. Unless I want to talk about that. I've seen a lot of the bad rap that CEOs have gotten. Yeah. Um, I wanted to put it out there because I'm a CEO by self-titled. Like I didn't apply to be a CEO of my company. It's just kind of the role that I took on while I was growing. I'm really just a small business owner who's just kind of helping piece it all together. But um, CEO is like kind of the natural title that, that kind of happens. So there are a lot of small business owners out there who are probably dealing with similar things at the moment where they're maybe having to let go of, of even one employee or three employees or a small mm -hmm. number, but they actually do care about those employees and what's next for them. And entrepreneurship, and I, I've said this many times, entrepreneurship and being a business owner is a lonely thing, like in and, in and of itself. And not that I'm complaining because I chose it, um, mm -hmm. but it is a lonely profession. Uh, so I wanted to put us out there. So if anybody else who is a business owner or anybody else, you know, is going through this, that they don't feel alone one and two, there are CEOs who don't just have millions of dollars and are just paying themselves every bonus they possibly can while destroying the lives of others. This is, I took a salary cut first. I've only ever paid myself 250 bucks a week. Cause I've just continued to invest into our employees. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever done and um and something i never want to do ever again so that was kind of the reason for the post as i said i've got i like to share my journey because we love the stories of success right but there's yeah. not enough stories of like what it took takes to get to success yeah. right there's not a, there's plenty of you know the, the rags to riches stories or the underdog stories there's been plenty of years where the underdog didn't win didn't beat the bigger team right but then the year that they do that's the story we care about but why don't we care about the journey that they took along the way to get there as it's happening, not just, okay, they won, right? A lot of people are yeah. going through struggles. And I said, hey, I'm willing to open up with the struggle that I just faced. And if it helps somebody, then great, because they can see feel that they're not alone. Not everybody has already figured it all out. Like, oh, yeah, have you make it believe. Exactly. And you know, that's interesting, because that's what is being asked from social media as well, not only from leaders, but from social media, you know, we are sick and tired of seeing the perfect life of the perfect people <laughs> on social media, including LinkedIn, you know, and we want more realness, you know, we want more rawness, more stories, like tell us, like, how are you building yourself? How are you building your company? Like, what are the ups and downs? And that's why I, I started this podcast, because yes, you know, we achieved some success. Sorry about that construction. We achieved some success, but at the same time, see, this is part of <laughs> the sure is. This is real right here. <laughs> you have to keep going, but you want to share the challenges. So now, Let's talk about the choice of the picture. Why are you picture of you crying? Yeah, the most divisive picture in a long time, I feel like. Um, so when I think of myself and what my skills are, writing has generally not been one of them. Um, I'm, I've got a few good things that I'm good at writing. I'm good at writing LinkedIn messages and I'm good at writing some, some other things, but generally my writing and my storytelling has a lot to be improved upon. And I'm happy to admit that um, I, I'd much rather enjoy talking. So when I was thinking about writing the post, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to communicate exactly what it is that I'm going through. They, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words and that picture was worth 
60,000 reactions, I guess, or whatever it was. Um, so that's why I took the picture. I was sitting there at my desk after just going through this, after I'd just been bawling way more than that picture leads on. Um, I, I took I took three versions of the picture. I picked the second one, the one that made me look the least ugly um, of them. It wasn't the one that made me look the most cryful. It wasn't the one that made me, you know, it was just like, okay, this one I looked the least ridiculous in. That's the one I'm picking. Um, because I thought the picture could, could share the story better. It's hard to understand pain. You can't understand pain if you're a better storyteller than I am. You know, there's plenty of novelists that write great books and you're sobbing through them, feeling the, the pain of what the main character is going through. I'm not that level of a writer. I only have a certain number of characters to post on LinkedIn as well. I throw a picture up, people are going to get it to go along with the story. And actually, I'm sure you have heard like the saying, a, a picture is worth a thousand words, much more now, I think so. So I, I understand the, the, the idea behind. Actually, we have a question here from uh, Robert, who asks, so hi, Robert, who asks, if you could change one thing about the post, what would it be? That's a good question. Thank you. Yes, I would. As weird as it is, and as much as that picture has now become a meme of whatever variety, um, I would keep the picture. I would change the statement that I made about, um, I wish that, what did, what did I say? How did I say it? I wish that I was a business owner that didn't care um, because I don't wish that. Uh, that was not true. What I meant by that statement was like, it hurts right now. So I wish that that because I wouldn't be feeling the sadness if I was a business owner that didn't care. Uh, so just a little couple of like phrasing things that I think could have caused some confusion with what people were saying about me. Okay. But other than that, I wouldn't change much, to be honest. Okay. And, and just so I found that so for those of you who may not know what post we are talking about, here is a picture of the post that we oh, are talking no. about. There it is. Very emotional. Uh, and here is one meme. So I selected this one because this one is funny. When you realize you are the president of Nokia. That's good. That's <laughs> I thought good. that was, that one was good though. Yeah. Um, but, and, and you know, like whatever you do on social media and in life in general, whatever you do, or you don't do the way you do it or the way you don't do it. People will have an opinion about it. Right. Sure. So that's part of the game. Now we often say, don't take a, don't make decisions when you are emotional. Do you feel that something that you did? Do you think that you reacted? This post was a reaction to a difficult situation or did you put some thoughts into it before posting? I think it did come from a place of weakness, but at, in a way of there's always lessons to be learned for everything that we go through. And if I can help somebody else learn a lesson or not, or feel one way or, you know, feel better about what they're going through or things like that. Like I would do it over and over the way I am in real life is exactly the way I am on that post. If I'm sad, you're going to know I'm sad. If I'm happy, you're going to know I'm happy. If I'm angry, you're going to know I'm angry. I put my emotions out there because if I get them out, they don't sit and they don't stew and they don't bottle up until the point where they explode over. I get them out and then I can make much clearer decisions afterwards. Cause I'm no longer feeling mm -hmm. the effects of those emotions of, of suppressing those emotions down. And I think that, for me is why, whether it was the post itself or just the pretending like good to cry and, and then I feel all the sadness and it just keeps building up and then it comes up and then you push it back down, it comes up and you push it back down and you're, the clarity of decision-making from there is a lot tougher because you have so many more emotions that are messing with you. I'd much rather 
yell or cry or scream or whatever. And then after that, I'm, I'm good. Like it feels it, for me, that's always, always lived my life. And I've never really held grudges on anybody because I've never kept that stuff in. I either say it how it is, or I go scream it out loud or, you know, scream into a pillow or well, you know, whatever it is. Not, there's good emotions too. I'm not just talking about just the bad ones, but, um, that helped me. Yeah. Just make better decisions for life where I no longer have those emotions controlling me. Cause I've let those emotions go been released. And so uh, actually we have uh, more comments saying like the, the copy of the post was good. There is definitely not much of a middle ground, but there should be in life, you know, gray areas. And it's true when you said it at the beginning, it's like it's I'm either it's either all white or black. But, you know, sometimes you have to find the middle because that's what life is about. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's interesting that when Donald Trump became president, that was a very divisive thing. And then COVID has been very divisive as well. You're either on board with Max and vaccines and, you know, you're going to kill my grandma if you don't wear a mask or you're on the other side of like, don't touch me. Don't tell me what to do. Like that has become divisive. And I think and we only got to experience COVID with from social media, right? We didn't get to have in-person conversations about what to do because it was COVID. And I think people have now taken that and said, that's how we should just handle everything from now on is it's either you're killing my grandma or you're forcing me to do things I don't want to do. Um, and that's how we go into situations such as this, this post. And actually, Chris here says vulnerability is the foundation of authenticity. Thank you for being you, sir. So let's talk about the paradox of authenticity. As you said, you know, you either 100% or zero when you want to cry, scream, yell, you know, you assume your emotion, you express your emotions and, and then you move on, which is great. I think it's great. But you know, when we come, when it comes to the paradox of authenticity, we talk about the idea of being too flexible, too rigid or too vulnerable. So do you think that there is a such thing as being too, too much of too much of authentic? Do you think that like, you were maybe a little too much in your vulnerability? I think it's tough because that was what everybody sees there is a snapshot of a single moment in time. One single story from one single thing that I went through at one moment. I think people are assuming that I'm still just sitting here crying. Um, like it's been like the last two and a half weeks. I'm just still crying and like I'm not doing anything about making better decisions or things like that. I think there's a way to do it in the right way, but where you're still leading from the front and you're still taking the, you're still leading and doing and bringing forward and you're still a part of that, but it's okay for people to know that, that you don't have every piece of life figured out. Like, I think there's a balance there, sure. Like if I'm just sitting here on every call with my team and just crying from here on out, like, okay, there's probably some uh, oversharing of the vulnerability, right? If I'm telling them, every single dark thing that I've ever had happen at any time in my life. Like maybe there's something or, you know, that to be said in terms of one snapshot at one moment, I think it's okay. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think I felt, I feel like I was too vulnerable. And we have a comment here from Michael who says teams want to be led with authenticity, but there can be too much being shared, which will scare them. How much do you share internally with customers and with the public and create unwanted and wanted outcomes, share vision, roadblocks, and what's need to be achieved with your team? Yeah. Um, yeah. Jennifer here says, um, never apologize for being your authentic self. Yes. And actually, Braden, 
we have Mr. Vulner vulnerability in that place, Carl. So he specialized in uh, vulner vulnerability in leadership. So uh, here is the guy. Oh. So you did something that very few leaders have done, at least on LinkedIn or on social media, is being vulnerable. Do you think that you were punished for daring to showcase a part of leadership that maybe people don't want to know that people don't want to portray on social media? That's an interesting question. Most of, because when I'm thinking back to the response that I got, most of the people who seem to be the most upset about what I had posted were people who are not in leadership positions. Most people who supported what I had put out there were leadership. So what feel like leadership leaders didn't feel like they were being called out. It was the other side that felt like that was what was, which I, that's what like through my mind for, for, I still don't understand it now is the people, maybe they had both from jobs. So it was personal there for them of like, Oh, I've been like, Oh, by CEOs who don't care. And you're just, you know, faking it. Um, but I never, I don't, I've not seen, there have been a few, but a lot of leadership has not been kind of them attacking me because I've been kind of putting the pressure on them to be more vulnerable. Although they should be. Probably. Yeah. So, you know, but it brings back the question then, do we really want as a society, our leaders to be vulnerable, to be authentic? What are you, what are your thoughts on what it is being asked on one side? and how and observing that most of the people who reacted negatively to your post were non people in non-leadership position so i feel like there is a contradiction here it doesn't make sense you provided what we ask for what people ask for as a society and don't get me wrong here we need change in leadership we definitely need change in, in leadership do you think maybe you were there like too soon Maybe, maybe we haven't made that adjustment as a society yet where we're really ready for it. Or is the bigger issue that too many leaders are not being vulnerable on social media, so we assume anything that they post, if they are showing that, is fake. And I, I wonder if that's the bigger mm, thing true. there. And I, so I'm trying to look at it from both sides of like, okay, leadership, are they being vulnerable enough? Probably not. Do we, are we assuming bad intentions if they are trying to be vulnerable, but are they posting the, you know, just the good things? And then if they post a bad thing, it's, you know, a pity party or, you know, things like that. So I think it, I think it stems from both sides of maybe we're not ready for vulnerable leadership in that same regard. How do we know from a LinkedIn post if they're actually being a vulnerable leader? Because there's so much crap out there. We've seen plenty of people fake it until they make it in this world. And, so it's hard to identify what's real and what's not. What's not, that's very true. And there is a comment here who says, um, at least he came forward and acknowledged what happened. A lot of people do it behind closed door. Exactly. And here, um, Carl says, um, I saw you, Vulner sharing vulnerability empower others. Braden, your post was just the beginning of a movement. Ooh. Do you feel or do you think you have started a movement? Do you think that you were the first one of many more to come, many leaders who will be finally open to be more vulnerable? I don't think I was the start of a, of a movement. I, uh, there's a, a book, uh, Steal Like an Artist. 
gosh, I can't think of the art. I can't think of his name. I've actually I read a couple of his books. Uh, Still Like an Artist is basically you are the lump sum of all the experiences and all the stuff that you've put into your mind and you've got to take and put your own thing on those. I think I've been able to, if I'm starting a movement, it's not been because of me. It's been because of the people that I listen to and the leaders that I follow who, depending on their platform of choice, maybe they're not being vulnerable on LinkedIn, but maybe they're being vulnerable in direct conversations or in smaller groups or on, it's going to be, I, really, I like I like Joe Rogan a lot and I think he has a great of a mind, but he's also something that he said a few podcast episodes ago, I remember I was walking the beach with my dog when I heard him and he was willing to say, like tell his friends that he feel like, so he's big into fitness, He's willing to tell his friends that he is concerned for their health if they're starting to get more overweight. But he's willing to have those direct conversations and kind of put that things out there. And he's always talks about what his struggles are. And I think that has been one of the bigger influences. It's not me that has started it. It's been somebody who has a much bigger platform than me that I've ever had or expected to get from this post. Um, and, and not just Joe Rogan, but plenty of other leaders who have kind of put that into me. And then I was just the one that was willing to willing to put on LinkedIn, I suppose. But that's interesting because I came across an article that was saying why is it that was questioning why is this guy getting so much so much backlash because he's not the first one being vulnerable or eventually crying on social media. And they were giving the example of um, high profile female leaders, Ariana Finton and other uh, high profile female leaders were mentioned in this article who at some point in one in one of their posts were vulnerable crying but they didn't get the backlash and that that was interesting because that was looking at your post and all the the craziness around it from a gendered perspective because of the stereotypes you know and the attributes that we may uh, uh, expect from women being sensitive vulnerable and crying versus men being the strong tough leaders you know knowing his way and finally you were like listen this is me i'm a man i'm a leader and and i'm crying and that's okay you can be both it's not one one or the other you can lead your company forward and tell them your vision and your goals and be direct with them and you can cry like you can be you can have emotions and you can care and you can <laughs> like it doesn't need to be an either or situation and sure there is a place for strength and I'm not saying that we should try to just be weak in terms of what we do. We should try to be strong and we should be, but how each of us gets to our strength is different. You know, every superhero got their strengths from a whole variety of situations. So who's us to, who's anybody to tell us or anybody that because you showed emotion or because you've, you achieved your superpowers that way or your strength that way, that that's not the right way to do it. And that's, that's the part that I think is interesting is it's, it, it's not women are this and men are that. Sure, women are more generally more emotional. Men are less put their emotions out there. That's how kind of we were raised. Um, and women are women build relationships face to face, and they have those one on one conversations. And men build relationships shoulder to shoulder, um, doing things together. Where we don't talk about our feelings and that kind of stuff. So there, that has been kind of cultural. But it doesn't mean you can't have both. It doesn't mean you can't be nervous for something or be sad because something happened or be overly joyous. You you know, and be strong at the same time. I agree 100%. And I like to say, listen, we are all in the same boat. <laughs> At the end of the day, we want to thrive. We want to live a fulfilling life. And it ain't easy. It takes hard work, dedication, commitment, trials and errors and failures. Like this is part of our life 
for every single one of us here. So we are in the same boat, no matter what we show or what we don't show on LinkedIn. So now, I think there are like a couple of good news that you may want to share with us. What's, what's happening next for you? Next, um, this has been such a great time to chat with my, the rest, you know, we still have 15 employees left and I, the amount of comments that said, okay, so what do you, you know, there's always this, but there's always that, or, you know, what are you going to do now that your business is closed? I'm like, okay, the business isn't closed. Like we let two employees go. There's still 15 people I got to take, we got to take care of too, as well as make sure that those empl the employees that we let go are on to bigger and better things. Um, so next for us, but we've also got to spend a lot of time in figuring out, okay, what decisions do we make? How do we learn from them? How do we grow from them? We spend a lot of time figuring out how we can take even better care of our customers, um, how I can check in with them more on my end as you know, as the business owner, see how they're doing, just giving them those updates, see how we can communicate better with our clients, even do better work than we were doing before. Um, you know, kind of back to our old stuff. We reverted back to the services that we had before. We kind of changed just how we structured our services. We went back to the kind of the monthly. We have um, new length contracts um, as well. So on the business side, that's kind of what's happening is we're taking, we're just taking this initiative, taking what we're doing and just going to keep on running with it and keep doing the absolute best job for our clients that we can do on the personal side. <laughs> there has been no strategy in terms of what to do from this, because as me, plenty of people said, I did it on purpose to go viral. I wish I was smart enough to have done that to go viral. And if so, I, I would plan to go viral. I, you I went viral <laughs> once like, millions and millions of views and comments like i didn't you cannot plan to go viral because you never know how people are going to perceive and react to you sharing whatever you want to share so stop saying that people i know i wish i was that smart that i'd planned it because i would have had a much better plan from here on what to do and where to go um for myself i tried to use this opportunity to continue to grow the business that we have, take care of the current employees that we have, um, working with them in terms of saying, one, how can we use what what's happened here for the company's good? We've seen, I, I made a post of one of the employees I let go. Uh, I, I made an announcement of who, who he was on LinkedIn. He shared, I sent another screenshot, or he sent me a screenshot of his, his LinkedIn inbox and the opportunities and the applications that he has gotten because of this. I will continue to share my journey along the way uh, so people can see, okay, he has gone to this. You know, I used to, I started a hyper social with my last 150 bucks and we're much higher than at 150 bucks now. Uh, but then, you know, there's still this, this is kind of the path to growth. It's not just a, a straight up trajectory. So, but then when people are going to see me up there, it wasn't just, okay, he got there. How did he get there? People are going to see my journey along the entire way. Also try to use it as an opportunity for those job seekers, people who have been let go um, to utilize the comment section with to match with recruiters and i've connected with a lot of recruiters as well and try to make a lot of introductions there so trying to take the platform that we have and not just use it to my own benefit and my company's benefit but to the benefit of people period and however that is done um then i'll i'll do it but i'm literally making up making it all up as i go in terms of what to do with the virality we have a great question from carl here asking how how's your current employees dealt with this new found fame you know so to speak that no, was interesting yeah it, was, um, it is very interesting i think for our sales team they're very happy about the amount of calls that they have 
um, it's it's nice to see those inbounds. And we we've never been a first call close organization, uh, but we've had several clients this several now clients this week who have just come onto a call with our sales team closed very very quickly. I think they're I think the sales team is doing that, but that we also have a Slack channel where we use for every single new deal that we close, and the whole team is in there. Um, so they're all seeing the whole team, even if they're back end or they don't they're not client facing or anything. They're all seeing the benefits of what that's is doing. So we can, you know, the more money acquisition makes, more money we can take care of, you know, we have to take care of them and towards their benefits and towards their pay and things like that. So that has been um, a good thing. When I first made the post, uh, I told my marketing, my head of marketing, name is Lizzie. I said, I went viral last night and I don't think she believed it at first. I think she's like, oh yeah, cool. Some, you know, she's a, a Gen you got Z and like, a millennial. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, she's like, okay, what'd you get? You know, you boomer, did you get like 10,000 views on something? And I was like, okay, we're up to 3 million at this point. And then we hopped on a call and she was like, okay, this is real. This is like really viral. And then we watched it go from like in an hour the next morning, we watched it go from three to 4 million viewers in, in yeah, about an hour's time. At first she was going through the comments and she was livid. Uh, I, I, some of the comments that people were leaving for me and which te just testimonial for the relationships that we do have with, with our employees is the employees have seen the benefits of this newfound fame. But in addition, what they saw there on LinkedIn is who I am with them period. Not that I'm always in there crying, of course, but they know that if they know that they've got full transparency with me, where hypersocial is, what we're doing, what next steps are how I can be better, that kind of stuff. They know that's who I am. And they know that that LinkedIn post is an actual reflection of me as a person and not just me putting something on social media, uh, you know, for the fame, I guess. So they must have been very surprised to see all the, the, the reaction. I mean, all the comments about, yes, you are faking it and, and this and that. that. That must have, like, shocked them to a certain level. For sure. Yeah, I mean, just sitting there, I, so I hopped on my head of sales, my head of marketing, and then our head writer. Um, and we just kind of sat there and we're like, okay, we're trying to brainstorm of how to use this. And then we, they were, we started going through some of the comments and they were just like, oh my gosh. And then they've messaged me on a daily, daily basis since then. They're like, we don't know how you're keeping your head up because of all these nasty comments. And I'm like, yeah, wow. heads up, it's fine. So they've been nothing more than supportive um, of it. And they know that that's how we, that's how I operate and that I do care for each of them and that I do put you know, my hearts on my sleeve and they know exactly where I am. And so I don't think it, I don't think the virality or the post itself is what affected them. I think it was all of the, the backlash and that it yeah, that post became so popular that yeah. affected them more. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience or with the community in terms, you know, vulnerability, leadership, the post, you know, the, the situation. Is there anything that you would like to share with us? Sure. Don't post crying selfies on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lesson I'm just learned. Kidding. Lesson learned. <laughs> I think the bigger way of leadership from here is you don't necessarily need to be vulnerable on a social media platform because anybody and everybody is able to see that it's technically a public place, right? So it's like me going out into the world and I'm getting opinions from all kinds of people who never met me. They don't, they figured out all they, everything they need to know about me from one post and one picture, but being vulnerable with the teams that matter and with your company and with the people that are under your leadership, having more of those vulnerable conversations should be an approach that everybody should take, whether it's one-on-one -on -one 
telling people, Hey, I'm going through this, whether it's in a group, whether it's your entire company, if they, if people know that how you are, your employees joined your company for a paycheck, obviously, but also because they believe where the company is going, they believe in what the company is doing. It's a two part thing. You don't just hire employees, hire employees, hire you too, in, in a way. Not yeah, hire, but yeah uh, it, it's a two way street. No, it's a two way street. street. You know? They choose to be like, employed there. Yeah, exactly. They, you hire them, but on the other side, they buy you. Like exactly. they buy you, your leadership, you inspire them, you motivate them. Like they, they appreciate or they, they, are, they feel aligned with your vision. So 100%, it's a two-way street. Exactly. So I think having more of that transparency, we've been doing that and we've been focusing on working on that as a company for a long time and myself and our leadership. And we've seen our relationships grow and getting through the hard times in a business is so much easier when you know we're all on the same team and then we know they know we're, I'm not taking some giant paycheck off, you know, off of them yeah. taking their pay. They know that I have put whatever I can aside and, and to, you know, continue to try and take care of them the best, the best that we possibly can. And we continue to, you know, add more and more benefits and things like that. And I think that's all that's put us all on the same side. So bad things happen, but we grow from them as a team. Yeah. And now it's just on to the next, the next up. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you, you know, for for sharing like your story in all transparency. That's why I contacted you because I was reading all those articles about you, but I was like, yeah, but do we give him a chance to share his side of the story? Because the story has always two sides, right? And and people are so easy and quick to uh to make an opinion about others on social media that at some point you know we need to to speak up to use our voice to amplify our voice so we can increase our influence and that's what leadership is about you know the good the bad and the ugly and that's why we talk here on the stand up from the crowd podcast so thank you for your time thank you for being here with us uh, uh brother this is well appreciated for those of you watching the live and the replay because i know many of you will watch the replay as well leave your comment and questions in the comment we'll look at them and answer all of them thank you everyone for joining us today you take care you stay safe and i will see you next week for another live episode of stand up from the crowd bye bye everyone <laughs>